Do you want to maximize your success with NCUA? Join Mark Trichel as he shares with you the insider's view on passing your exam with Flying Colors. The With Flying Colors podcast is sponsored by Credit Union Exam Solutions by Mark Trichel. If you would like to work directly with the Credit Union Exam Solutions team and receive support to optimize your results with NCUA so you save time and money, visit us at marktrichel.com to find out more. Hey everyone, this is Mark Trichel with another episode of With Flying Colors. I'm recording this on Saturday morning, October 21st. Two days ago, the NCUA board meeting held their October board meeting. Two days ago, NCUA's potential new board member, Tanya Otsuka, testified before the Senate Banking Committee. And on that topic, I am hearing rumblings that this will probably result in her becoming a new board member in December or January. Now, Rodney Hood's term is up. And as what happens when board members' terms are up, they start either looking for new employment themselves and their staff starts doing the same. And at the NCUA board meeting, they announced that uh, Rodney Hood's chief of staff, Lenwood Brooks, is going to be leaving NCUA soon. Lenwood is going to be joining the Federal Home Loan Bank of Dallas as their government relations director. That's a great move for the Federal Home Loan Bank of Dallas. I know Lenwood well. He came to NCUA when I was the executive director. We had some nice spirited debates. They referenced the fact that he always had a good eye on the budget, and I can attest to that fact. He, he was a budget hawk, if you will, but he also cared about credit unions and he cared about NCUA staff. And I enjoyed working with him while I was at NCUA, and I look forward to seeing where he goes next. He's a young man with a lot of time left in banking. And I also will make a prediction here. I think it's highly likely at some juncture, Lenwood might be considered to be on the NCUA board as one of the Republican board members down the road when, when time is right and when there is a president, most likely, who is Republican. In any event, Lenwood, if you're listening, kudos to you on your new gig. And thanks for everything you did at NCUA while I was there. And of course, I've watched and since I departed, and I know that you'll be missed at NCUA. All right. So the NCUA board agenda had three items on it. And the first item, which ironically took about an hour of the two-hour meeting, was the board briefing on cybersecurity. I'm not going to go into much detail here other than it's what keeps the board up at night. And they can't sleep. And it is October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And if you want some details on that, I'm not a cybersecurity guy. And when I listen to those things, I, I look forward to the next board agenda item because there are people who know that stuff and I am definitely not one of them. And I don't really have much to say relative to that. The second item on the agenda was the notice of proposed rulemaking on simplification of insurance rules. Now, I did a, a blog post on this and a LinkedIn post, and I'll put those in the show notes. Uh, for this item. And this item, I would say the big takeaways are that it creates a single category for trust accounts instead of revocable trusts having one type of rule and irrevocable trusts having a different type of rule. NCUA indicated over the last couple of years, they've got more than 6,000 questions about how trust insurance how NCUSIF insurance works on trust accounts, and this is going to simplify it. It's going to make it 
consistent with FDIC, which is required by the laws that are out there that they approve this. This will make it more consistent with FDIC, which is a good thing. This will make it easier to answer questions and get answers, which is a good thing. Uh, interestingly, one of the things that two of the three board members said, which always uh, makes me smile in a couple of ways, is that nobody has ever lost a single penny of insured shares. That's a fact. And that's a cool thing to say. They say it quite a bit, especially whenever they're talking about the insurance fund. Nobody has ever lost a penny of insured shares. However, people have lost money of uninsured shares. However, there are people who have had to appeal to the NCUA board because they, in their opinion, were misled by a credit union who either intentionally misled them or misunderstood how the insurance rules worked. And then subsequent to that, there was a liquidation of a credit union and somebody who thought they had insurance did not have insurance. Can tell you when those appeals happen, they do not end well for the depositor. So there have been losses of deposits that people thought were insured and in reality were not insured. And that's something that uh, never makes the NCUA soundbite. It's an important item that you educate your staff well so that you can eliminate that possibility of misinterpretation. And um, secondly, on this topic, I would also say that if you have trust accounts and use trust accounts, it behooves you to look at the proposed rule and comment on the proposed rule so you can make it potentially better. And CUA does listen. Now, sometimes they can't change proposals if it wasn't, if it wasn't a direct item that they, they raised, or if it couldn't be a byproduct of a direct item that they raised, there's some legal wiggle room there, but they basically can't, if nothing, if something was not even contemplated in a proposed rule, they cannot retrofit it into a new rule because of a proposal. But if they ask questions where there could be a natural progression into a change from something that they contemplated, they do have some wiggle room around that. So if you have trust accounts or are thinking of getting trust accounts, I would encourage you to read the rule and comment on this proposed rule. What else from this statement? Yes, yeah, substantially identical to the FDIC. And then the other major area was mortgage loan type uh, setups where there's going to be more consistency with FDIC on that. And the funds deposited by a servicer uh, is going to have better language so that people could understand how that would work as it relates to insured deposits. So that's all positive. Uh, they did indicate that once the rule is finalized, there'll be a letter to credit union comes out, there'll be webinars and there'll be a revised your insured fund brochure that will come out. So that's all good. That's all positive. Second item I would say is also, excuse me, the third item. First item was cybersecurity. Second item was simplification of insurance rules. And the third item was the proposed changes to several rules on fair hiring and banking, which was a required change. NCUA was required to make changes and be consistent with and parallel, nearly parallel with FDIC. And they've done that. They call this, some of the board members called this the second chance rule. And some of them mentioned that uh, one third of the United States population has a criminal record and that people deserve an opportunity to 
repair their reputation and resolve the issues that may have led to that criminal record, particularly if they were young. There's a provision in here that references if you're under 21 years of age and making that a little bit simpler to ultimately then serve in the role as a employee of a credit union or as a volunteer. There was a question posed by a board member, does this apply to volunteers as well? And the answer was yes. This rule applies to anybody involved in credit supervisory committee, credit committee, board members, or staff. And it, it basically allows credit unions to have a bigger pool of potential employees. Board members made reference to that. But again, we live in a society where you do get a second chance and people, good people do dumb things. Now, obviously, if you stole $10 million from a financial institution, this rule does not help that kind of person, but it does help people around the fringes and it should help credit unions potentially fill their vacancies better. Now, there also was a question of how does this impact bond coverage and fidelity bond coverage? And they mentioned that previously they had spoken to, I'm sure it was Cumis or whatever they're called at this juncture, and they did not anticipate that these always changed rules would increase to increases in your bond coverage. You could potentially see deductibles. I know the bonding companies tend to use deductibles a little bit more than they used to. And that's theoretically, that's something that could happen here. But again, my gut would be if it's someone that, that can clear the FBI rap sheet, which they made reference to as one of the things that NCUA and FDIC uses, it's a document that's nicknamed the FBI rap sheet that we look at to see if it's something that would allow employment or not allow employment. That if those things were something that QS or your bonding company looked at, that could impact some things. But in reality, I don't think it will, because essentially, if they do make the cut by NCUA, it's probably not going to have any impact on your, your bonding company as well. I previously earlier on mentioned that Tanya Otsuka was also over on the Hill testifying. There was a article on CU Collaborate that came out that had a link to her, her prepared remarks. And I glanced through those. Nothing stood out as alarming in, in any way. And I'm going to predict that she'll be on. I'm going to predict she'll be on by December. Then to a budget. So shifting away from what happened at the board meeting to a couple other things that happened this week. It is October 21st. NCUA should be coming out with their budget guidance soon. The perfect rhythm is the guidance to come out in October, the board to have a briefing or hearing, whatever you want to call it, which is required by the Federal Credit Union Act. FYI, the Federal Credit Union Act calls it a briefing. People like to call it a hearing. And then the budget being done in December. So next week's the last week of October. I will predict that. So this episode will come out on Monday. If you're listening early on in the week, I'm going to predict that they will come out with their budget guidance next week. I'm going to have a lot on that when it does come out, break it down into potentially a couple of different podcasts. So that'll happen in October. I believe they will probably do their budget briefing at the November board meeting or after the end November board meeting, which, which would be moved up a week. I believe don't have the date in front of me. Let me see if I can find that date here. One second. The NCUA uh, November board meeting is November 16th. So I'm going to predict that's when they'll do their briefing. And then four weeks later, December 14th, that will be when 
they do the budget. So what will be interesting is, will Tanya Otsuka be on by December 14th or not? If she's on, she will be uh, drinking water from a fire hose and taking action on one of the most important items, if not the most important item that drives the train of NCUA, the budget, the two-year budget. Now you could also, I'd have, I'm going to have to double check this. They have a, an operating plan, a strategic plan, five-year strategic plan, all those things are likely going to play out in either December or January. The five-year strategic plan might not be due up. However, they might want to shorten that cycle if it's not up. Why? Because Chairman Harper is going to have a second democratic vote, which gets me to another document that's out there. It's a joint letter to um, the banking committee from NAFQ and CUNA. Interesting. They've got a joint a letter. Why do they have a joint letter? Because the, there's 10 days left in voting for NAFQ and CUNA members to decide if they want to join and become one. America's credit unions. I'm going to be having a follow-up podcast on that with John McKechnie and Jeff Bacino, uh, which we will record in December once we know more on that. However, they are writing joint letters, which is a good sign. Uh, and the letter, I'm going to do a separate podcast on that, most likely, but it talks about several topics, the importance of NCUA as an independent regulator, NCUA's budget, NCUSIF reform, Federal Credit Union Act changes related to the insurance fund, chartering and field of membership, consumer compliance exams, which I'm going to touch on here in a second, third-party vendor credit union service organization authority, hint or tip, they don't want NCUA to have it. NCUA just recently did say, Chairman Harper did say at the board meeting that they do need it. Federal credit union loan interest rate cap, extended exam cycle. You can take from that statement that they want there to be more credit unions that do get an extended exam cycle. Currently, NCUA does an exam every calendar year. If you're over a billion, uh, they want that to go up to 3 billion, but I'll have more on that in a second uh, podcast. The CLF, climate-related financial risk, digital asset and emerging technologies, coordination with other regulators. So this letter is 12 pages. Again, it's a story for another day or story for another podcast, but the two items that really caught my eye were the consumer compliance exams. And so CUNA and NAFQ is going to have a full court press on that not becoming a thing. And I'm pretty sure it will become a thing because A, Chairman Harper is very passionate about it. B, he's going to have a second vote that will be brand new to, to the show. And I'm going to guess that Harper is going to get what he wants with that. And I think it's also good that CUNA and AFQ are pushing back on that. On the climate-related risks, that uh, part of the letter says the priority of the current board is related to climate issues. NCUA recently issued a request for information on climate-related financial risk, focusing on current and future climate and natural disaster risk to credit unions, et cetera, et cetera. And it concludes the NCUA is not and should not be a climate regulator. The NCUA should continue to work with the other FSOC members to monitor climate risk. However, in short, we believe the NCUA and other regulators should not take a role on this without Congress first taking action. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I'll have more on this entire letter later next week or possibly the week to follow. But there's a lot of meat in this letter and it deserves its own podcast. All right. So 
Uh, a couple of good rules that went out, nothing too exciting. Uh, a changing of the guard coming at the NCUA board. That's going to mean bigger budget and some new initiatives and a great letter from CUNA and NAFQ that I'll highlight in the next podcast. I hope your October is going well. I really appreciate you listening. And if you like it, hey, go on iTunes and give us a rating and, or share it with a friend. I would really appreciate them. And again, thank you for listening. Mark Treichel signing off with Flying Colors. Thank you for joining us on this episode of With Flying Colors. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app to hear future episodes where subject matter experts of all varieties will provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. If you would like to learn more about how we assist credit unions, check out our services at marktreichel.com. 